This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. Thanks so much for joining us. I created this podcast for parents so that hopefully it'll be a place where you can feel supported and feel some community and also get some tips and tricks and helpful conversations here that you can apply to your everyday life or maybe just laugh because some of the stories I tell have happened to you as well. I don't know. Uh, But today's episode is with Chelsea Skaggs, who is the founder of the WTF Trimester. Okay, so Chelsea has relationship tips for overwhelmed parents, helping you and me and your significant other with fewer arguments and more intimacy. Okay, so in this conversation, we talk about what happens after the baby's born, what happens after that six week postpartum checkup. And I think the resounding theme of this episode is extra communication. More communication will always be helpful. Check out Chelsea on Instagram. She's the WTF trimester over there. Uh, Right now, her and her family are living in an RV and traveling the country. So that is pretty freaking cool if you ask me. There's a tiny bit of language in this episode. I usually forget to give a heads up with that. So if you're listening with your kids and that sort of thing bugs you, you might want to just keep that in mind. All right, friends, I really hope you like this conversation with Chelsea. If you do like it, make sure you leave us a quick rating and review. We are working hard to build this show. And one of the best ways for potential new listeners to find us is when there are more ratings and reviews on iTunes. So if that's where you're listening or whatever platform you're listening on, please consider doing that and send the link to one of your mom friends or one of your dad friends that you think might need to hear it. Cool. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Chelsea. All right, well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling, we have Chelsea Skaggs on the show. Welcome to the show, Chelsea. Thanks, Lindsay. Happy to be here. Okay, I have to know, are you in an RV right now? I am in an RV right now. It's early morning, and so I'm in my office that is also my kids' bedroom and playroom. Oh, my goodness. Okay, tell me where you are. We are in Southern California near Palm Springs, so in the desert for the winter. Okay, okay. So we're going to start with this. I think that this is the (laughs) most fun place to start, and then we're going to get into the meat of what we're going to talk about. But where are you from, and why are you in an RV with your family in the desert? Yeah, (laughs) great question. (laughs) What are we doing here? Um, We are from Ohio, so my husband and I are both small town Midwest, very, very um, cookie cutter Midwest, small town families. And we we were in Columbus in the city. That's where our, our home is. And we had wanted from the start to do more minimalist, small, but big adventure kind of life together. Um, we had a season, we were in a season before pandemic life that was very much like, let's just work the jobs, pay the bills, do the things. That way we could get to that place. Um, And pandemic was such an eye opener that we realized like we don't actually want to wait. We don't have to wait. And we had this opportunity to rent our house out to really good friends that we trust who needed a place for a year that gave us a year to go see, do we want to do this before we really sell everything and go all in? And that landed us in Southern California pretty quickly where we've kind of gone um, to other states, to to Utah and Colorado and Arizona, but we love it here so much. Uh, And and you might enjoy this from the running aspect. This is where I've really found my like energy again. And just surrounded by the mountains in the desert is such a a good, sweet, come back to yourself uh, place in my opinion. So it's been a really freeing season for our family and we plan on continuing. Wow. Why do you think that is? Like, why why do you think you have felt more free there opposed to like, where did you say you were? Utah? Yeah. Yeah. So we've been to other places. Um, but 
I, the desert, I was just at a party this weekend with some other transplants and, and we were just talking about the desert. There's something that's so open and exposing and inviting. Like I felt like I got here and it was the first place that kind of stripped me down to the core. Mm. And, um, my kids are obsessed with Moana right now. If you've seen it, there's a, she like restores the heart and says, I know who you are. And I feel like this is the place that was like, all right, all the BS aside, get back to who you are. Oh, that's so good. Okay. I was going to ask, how did you have friends to go to a party with when you're traveling around? Cause that's, you know, like we just moved from Indiana to North Carolina and that was my biggest fear. It's like, I need friends. I need community. And so I think that that would be my biggest fear in doing what you're doing because at any given moment, if I'm having like a breakdown or a day where I just need a person, I want to be able to knock on a neighbor's door and be like, help, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is certainly one of the biggest challenges. And I think it has made us uh, a couple of things. It's made us as a family, but specifically as a couple have to get really serious about like, what are our values? Who do we want to connect with? Who are we as a couple? Because our chances to make friends and interact are fewer and far in between. Um, and it's also just made us more, I don't know, outgoing, vulnerable, mm. you know, kind of walking up to someone and really feeling them out and spilling your shit from the get go and figuring out like, do we mesh? So we're really fortunate where we are right now that we actually have some other friends from Columbus who are wintering here too. And then we have friends that we met in another campground and we were like, where are you going next? We're (laughs) going here. Do you want to go here too? So we can spend time together. Um, And then, you know, social media is so wild. I just happened to see a friend from Pennsylvania post that. Well, I met her in Pennsylvania And uh, she posted that she was in the city. And I was like, wait, where are you? What are you doing? And she's like, it's my uncle's birthday. He's having this big bash uh, in Palm Springs. And so she invited me to come with. And it was amazing, but definitely more vulnerable and kind of out there than I would have had to have been back home in the the comfort. I love that. You know, when we talked about moving, um, you know, I mentioned my biggest fear was that community, leaving that community. And one of my neighbors who was kind of a newer neighbor that one, when they moved into our neighborhood, they didn't have social, they don't have social media or anything. And they're just like very, very firm on like in-person connection and all that. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, and I, you know, they were kind of one of the couples that I was like, I'm kind of sad. Like they were great neighbors, good friends. And she's like, you know what? Like there are good people everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. I've just like held on to that because I'm like, I could have been closing myself off to not mm-hmm. meeting these people here. You know, if I would have thought this is it, this is the way, this is the mm-hmm. community, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just, mm. you have to be more vulnerable though. It's so true. And I make a lot of parallels this last year of traveling to my first year after my kids where you don't know what you're doing in a lot of ways. You're super vulnerable and you have to decide, like, do I let people into this? Do yeah. I put myself out there or do I, you know, shut the doors and try to just keep it all together myself, which doesn't usually work out. Yeah, because it can also be exhausting to have to like reshare every part of you to new people all the time. Like you can't put it all out there all the time to everybody because sometimes that's exhausting for your own self. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's also this invitation, both in a move and in entering motherhood to have kind of a redefining Mm -hmm. and not that you totally overhaul who you are or, you know, forget where you've come from, but you get a chance to, I don't know, level up, enter a new season, introduce yourself in a new way, not think about the way people saw you or expect you to be when you get into those comfort zones. Yeah. Okay. So how old are your kids? My kids are three and five. Okay. Three and five. How's that with the RV life? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the good news uh, is that they, they want to be outside. They don't necessarily need a bunch of their own space. They still love playing in the dirt and the rocks more than any of the toys that they have here. Oh yeah. Um, as you might know right now, it's like they just came inside. And so I can still, I can hear everything all the time. Um, but they are really great at 
meeting new friends, playing together. Finally, I think it was literally just this year. Um, in the last like six months that they play together well, which is what I dreamt of, but took, you know, two and a half years for them to be yes, friends. Yes. So I'm really thankful to be in that season. Okay. So what does it look like? And and now we're going to dive into your work with WTF trimester, <laughs> which we don't talk about enough in the world, right? What happens after the third trimester? Um, but what does that look like with your job and your husband's job? Like you both work remotely for yourselves. How does that work with traveling? Um, so it's much different when you are one working from home, which I know a lot of moms have experienced this year. Uh, you, you have the things happening at work and the things happening at home and they can overlap so much, which is a really interesting interesting part. So the energy that you're bringing to home, if that gets off whack, then that impacts the energy you bring to work and vice versa. Uh, so we have to be really clear with our schedule. That's one of our love languages and survival skills. Yes. It's like, this is a time where, you know, you need to go. You have to totally leave. This is a time where keep the kids mildly quiet. Yes. Um, and this is a time where I'm going to pop on my headphones, whatever goes on around me goes on. And that's okay. So it's very much like setting, <laughs> where are we on this scale of needing your own space, uh, brain space, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think that that has been, we have learned so much in the past 18 months with that here at our house too, because my husband works from home and he mm -hmm. has more of a like eight to five kind of corporate job where I'm like popping in and out. So lots of calls that he's on, like kids are maybe like in the, you know, he has himself on mute and he's listening in and kids are in the background running around. But it's like if he's interviewing someone or it's a one-on-one -on -one, or if I'm on an interview that's being recorded for thousands of people to listen to, like those are times when like mm -hmm. the other person, you got to get the kids away. They cannot mm -hmm. be around. And it takes a lot of communication, which. Yes. You know, you can't just assume that the other person is going to know or do what you need them to do. Yeah, yeah. We found ourselves in the morning starting with like, how, what's the vision for the day in your head? Because we all have our own narrative. This is something our um, our five-year-old brought up the other day. Like we all have our own story. We all have our own idea in our head of how things are going and they should go. And especially with our partners, if we don't know what that is for each other and we just bulldoze with our way or totally succumb to their way, then somebody is feeling burnt from that. That is such a good point. It's so funny, though, because I am like, I'm the kind of person that I would love every morning to like run down everything and be like, what are your hopes and dreams for the day? And like, <laughs> hear it all from every member of the family. And my husband's kind of just like, here's my calendar. You know what I mean? Like I want all the feels and all the things and what can we do to make it the best or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, and it's also interesting because, um, I also do that with our kids too, in general. And my, and we have all boys and my husband's always mm -hmm. like, less talking, more doing. He's like, I'm and, and I've talked to some experts on like raising boys and they've yeah. said that it's like, yeah. and I want to be so verbose and, yeah. and, and talk about all the feelings and the things. And it's hard for me because my, and my husband's like, dude, you got to get to the point and then let them move, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yes. I think that's probably true. And we see that in ours as well. Hey friends, a quick break here. This episode is sponsored by Gooder, and that is where I get all of my sunglasses. They are so cute, they're fun, they've got really simple styles, but they have really loud, aggressive styles as well, and I love both. My current favorite style is the Breakfast Run to Tiffany shades. They are like runway style. They are super cute, but they also have all these other fun colors, and sometimes just putting some sunglasses on that have a fun color or theme to them just makes me happy. Actually, I was really excited because I have a bright yellow pair and I wore those on Halloween because I was a banana for Halloween. And I was so excited that I had my yellow gooder shades to wear with my banana costume. Um, and the cool thing is you guys can save when you go to gooder.com slash another 
and use the code another one five. That'll save you 15%. I know that code's kind of weird. It's because my other podcast is called All Have Another. And so that code is for both shows. Uh, but yeah, this is a great stocking stuffer idea as well for your kids or your bigger kids, your spouse, your sister. Like this is a great price point for a gift for friends or siblings. Or like if you're in a holiday exchange thing and the price point is 25 bucks, something like that, this is a great gift for that. So go to gooder.com slash another, use the code another15 and you'll get 15% off. All right, enjoy the rest of my conversation. Okay, so let's talk about WTF trimester. Do you say what the fuck or do you say WTF? <laughs> yeah, so, well, you know, you lead with WTF, but it's like, Where's the fuck? When's the fuck? What's the fuck? <laughs> All those things together. <laughs> I love it. This is hard, okay? Mm. We talk about, you know, you get pregnant and you talk about the, the pregnancy and what to expect. Mm. You feel maybe feel good in the second trimester, third trimester, you're re- trimester, you're really uncomfortable. You have the baby and you're like, holy shit, this is so mm-hmm. hard for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about why you started this, and what Mm -hmm. you do in the program. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Lindsay. Uh, A lot of those feelings is exactly why and how and where. Um, I had, so my son is five, and when I had him, I was doing some VA work, some copywriting, you know, freelancing, um, because I had left my job as a teacher. Um, we had moved. I didn't want to transfer my teaching license. I honestly didn't want to teach other people's kids anymore. I, I thought so, that about teachers. I'm like, I don't so, know. Once I have my own kids, I'm like, I don't know that I want to be around anybody else's kids. Well, <laughs> I did not. I knew that very clearly. Um, so I got into the online world that way. I had an education and psychology background. And so I got super interested I always thought I'd go on to be a marriage and family therapist, but I could never, I never wanted to get my master's. And honestly, the like DSM, the diagnoses was never my jam, Um, which is when I discovered life coaching paths. And at first I was like, woo woo, privilege, all the weird shit, Uh, (laughs) no thanks. (laughs) And then really what I came to realize, especially as a new mom, is that I, I wish there wasn't a need for coaching and therapists and all these different aspects. However, the reality was that we don't have the community that we need to have. We don't have the support structures we need to have. And so people are entering this space in a professional capacity to fill these gaps. And that was exactly what I wish I had had was a space with more earnest and honest conversations about life after baby. So it started very, um, general taboo life after baby like let's just normalize that our bodies don't feel the same that we're we're given a complete disservice by our one postpartum checkup that you know we don't know how to make friends anymore it's all so awkward so I started very general and what I came to find over the last couple of years was that there was this even more um blatant gap to me in the area of relationships where it was that everything we do impacted our relationship, whether we left our job, whether we went back to work, whether we breastfed, whether we didn't breastfeed, whether we sleep this way or that way, all these big hot topics impact the relationship and the relationship impacts all of those topics. And yet that part felt so unspoken to me, like no one was talking about that. And after our first, I, I had times where I was like, I can't, I can't even do this anymore. Like what is going to be harder piecing out and being a single mom and just doing all this shit on my own or figuring out how to make it work with this human who's driving me nuts. And I know that I love them, but we are not seeing eye to eye right now. So a lot of it was <laughs> my husband and I are both a psych background and we are super interested in like, what's going on in my head? What's going on in your head? How does this translate together? So we kind of geeked out when we decided to commit to figuring this out on what are the communication skills that are missing? What was it about our connection that has changed? Um, How does what we're bringing to the table, our own 
confidence and how we're feeling about ourselves. How does that impact the relationship? And that is where I got super specific and honed in to relationships after baby. What does this mean for your sex life? What does this mean for your emotional connection? What does this mean for you even feeling like a human who has their own needs and is learning how to do that with another human who is now overwhelmed on little sleep and totally burnt out? Man, it's so, so good. I like just everything you said. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I think that one of the biggest issues moms in particular have after they have babies, and especially if you're a stay-at-home mom, is you're like, I have been touched Mm -hmm. all day long. I have Mm -hmm. been serving people all day long. People have been Uh crawling all over me and touching my body. The last thing I want to do is have someone else touch my body right now. And, you know, if your spouse or your significant other has been at work all day and hasn't been in that environment, they don't get it. They haven't felt that all day. And if you're not breastfeeding and it's not your body that delivered this baby, your body might not feel quite as battered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that, you know, I mean, battered. <laughs> truly battered, you know, like whether you've had a C-section or a vaginal delivery, I've had both and both in both ways, my body felt battered. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess my thought is, let's go there. Like, how do you like reconcile that? Because you can't just be like, oh, get a babysitter. Like some people can't afford a babysitter or it's just Sometimes it's harder to get a babysitter because of all the things you feel like have to get done to make the babysitter happen. So what do we do? (laughs) Right? Yeah. And I I just want to normalize that first and foremost because I distinctly remember looking at my husband and being like, I don't know, you're a grown ass man and you you can take care of yourself. I don't, I don't, I have nothing left. And I think we have to recognize the seasonality of that while also having the intention of finding ways to move past and through that. Yeah. Uh, the first thing when, when talking about touch out and body and this whole experience is I think as women, we have this huge disservice where no one actually even teaches us what is happening in and to our body. Again, the postpartum checkup, in my opinion, is like the biggest joke on earth. And it's there crazy. is no one from an early age to infinity that even teaches us about our bodies and our, our changes, um, the things that they go through. It's amazing to me how many women don't know all the parts of their, their vulva and their pelvic floor and all of this. So I think while this sounds like a tangent, the first thing is understanding your own body a little bit better. And this often requires, unfortunately, doing some of your own research or turning to a place that hones in on this. And then being able to communicate a little bit more with your spouse and your partner. So instead of just saying, I don't want to have sex with you, I'm afraid it's going to hurt or this or that, you're able to have a little more information to communicate how you're feeling and what you're going through. Um, The second thing I think is really honing in on knowing how you can make a connection with your partner that doesn't feel, uh, see if I can say this word right, obligatory, obligatory. I, I know what you mean. Word. Yeah. I don't know how you say the word correctly. Because honestly, <laughs> it, it's a vulnerable thing to say, but a lot of times it does feel that way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have moms that are like, I haven't had a back rub in five months because I know that, that that's what it'll lead to. Yes. So we have to have really clear communication and conversations about this. This is, this is good touch for me. This is not good touch for me. And these are going to change and hopefully expand, but these are things that are okay. And these are things that aren't, and it's not personal. I think that's a big thing that I discovered with my husband Mm. was that at first it felt personal. Mm -hmm. This hurts. I don't want this. Don't touch me. Um, the way I was delivering that information because I didn't understand myself. It was very reactive and it felt very personal to him. We had to learn 
how to be more proactive in that conversation. Um, this is what's going on with my pelvic floor. This is, you know, how many hours my baby has been on my boobs today. This is what's going on. And so in the, I don't want to call it denial, but, but you're not, and we're not going there. This isn't about you. And I want to want this with you, but I just, I'm not there yet. And then the, the kind of next step in processing that, um, I, I think is understanding what is it that you need. So it's not that you're never going to be in the mood or you're never going to want to connect with your partner. But for example, for me, it was, I have this mental list in my head all day long and we can go to the bedroom and get it on, but I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be in this list in my head. So it's going to be, get it done. We're over. I don't, I don't enjoy this. I'm doing this for you. This feels like a chore, not a really great sustainable situation. So we have to figure out for me, either I need to have a brain dump first. I need X, Y, and Z taken care of. I need to know if we're trying to do this in the evening and we pick one evening a night, let's say Thursday nights, we're connecting no matter, you know, what that looks like, how physical, how emotional that is. Thursday nights, our connection night. I need you to come home and make sure the dishes are clean. Yes. So that I don't think, damn it, if I do this, I'm going to wake up in the morning and already be behind yep. because the sink is full of dishes or this is the night that you do bedtime no matter what, but <laughs> yes. I can get a hot shower and have an hour where nobody's on my body. That way then maybe I can feel in control of my body and then I can invite you to be a part of it. So we really need to know what we need. And women aren't often empowered to do that. That's so, so true. Sometimes I wish that they would just know, but you, you have to communicate it. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> if the house is clean or like something has been taken off my plate, your chances are way higher, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know where I first heard this term or if it's trademarked or coined or whatever it should be, but chore play, yeah. chore play is it. Yeah. That is the way. <laughs> oh, it's so true. I also want to note, too, though, I think it's okay to sometimes be like, all right, let's just make this happen real fast. I know you'll be in a much better mood when uh -huh. we're out at the party, you know, whatever uh -huh. it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some little quickie magic. Even if it's not helpful. about you in that moment, like, okay, let's just do that. And, you know, because sometimes, you know, we can overthink it, right? Yeah. Um, those That's such a good tip, like communicating, making sure like they know if something can be taken care of that you are normally in charge of that you don't have to do or that yes. you don't have to worry about, you can just go to bed or whatever, um, how do you feel about that, like scheduling out things? I think that as a parent, it becomes kind of important. And I think some people don't like that because it takes the spontaneity away. But, you know, it's really hard if every single night, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't want you touching me after bedtime. Yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think it's so important. It's like having your training wheels back on for a little while. It's getting you back to the momentum. You're not going to stay there forever, but you have a little help. And what I love the most about scheduled sex is that you, I don't know about you, but I think for most women, we need to have a little emotional forethought and mental forethought. We've got to get in the mood. It's not just like, boom, I see your, you know, you just took your pants off and now I really want it. It's like, <laughs> I need to get myself in that space. And so when you are not scheduling it in this, in, in a very chaotic season, then every day you're like, oh, is he, is it going to try? Is this going to lead to that? And it, I don't know that I think that's when it often feels like a burden or a chore. But if you're able to say Thursday, that's our day. This is when I'm going to intentionally Maybe listen to a sexy song or think some sexy thoughts or remember that one time we snuck off at the wedding and had this really great encounter in the bathroom. Or you know what? When I'm making that macaroni and cheese, that steam is going to hit my face and I'm going to feel like a goddess and get myself feeling in the mood where I can enter that space. 
we can't do that all the time. We can't be in a constant state of that. But if we're scheduling and choosing a time to commit to getting mentally and emotionally prepared, I think we have a lot higher success rate with that. And, and with that in mind, I also just love to challenge the idea that sex doesn't always have to be at night, like morning, nap time, afternoon. Let's just normalize that this is not an end of the day thing all the time, especially for moms who are like, by the end of the day, I hit the pillow five seconds. I'm out. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me. I'd like to know what moms are doing this at the end of the night anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you and how do you have the energy? Okay. Two other follow-ups from that that I want to touch on. What What about comparison? I'm telling you what, I had a friend tell me that they have sex three to four times a week. And I'm like, what? You know, and I'm like, I, you know, and, I, and I'm sure there are people that are like, uh, twice a month, you know, whatever it is. They're somewhere in the middle. But like, sometimes that's hard to hear. You're like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I don't want to do that three to four times a week. Yeah, that's super interesting. And I would love to know, are they both physical touch? love language oh sure sure do they have a matched love language and do they have a matched libido um right chances are they're not giving and receiving love in some other way that maybe you and your partner are that's really important to you uh but it can be so easy to be like this is the benchmark or this is where we should be or i should want this in the same capacity but the reality is that i think intimacy is such a larger spectrum than we have given ourselves permission to think And I think it includes mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical. Like all of these realms are intimacy. Uh, And so sex is great, but so is laying down in bed together and having this really deep connection kind of conversation or, you know, giving each other the words of affirmation or doing some kind of acts and acts of service that is not sexual related. So I think we have to ask ourselves, what is the most important for us? How do we feel most connected and how can we really hone in on that? Hey friends, a quick break here to thank Prevenex for supporting this podcast. And I am so excited to tell you they have 20% off going right now. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you've heard me talk about Prevenex. It's where I get all of my vitamins and supplements for myself and my kids. You maybe have been wanting to try it and haven't yet, and this is the perfect time because there's a deeper discount. Maybe you're someone who has listened for a while and has tried them. Well, guess what? You can get another discount now. They're running their largest sale of the year right now for Black Friday, where you can get 20% off all orders of any product. While the full site officially kicks off on Thanksgiving this week, starting right now, you can use the code LINDSAY20 for 20% off your order. I've received so many testimonials from listeners who have experienced real noticeable health benefits, as well as myself. I've experienced those benefits too from Prevenex products. This makes me so happy and I really encourage you to check out all they have to offer. Give them a try. I love the Neurofi Plus. I love the Joint Health Plus, the multivitamins, the kids vitamins. Those are like my staples in this house. They also have a brain supplement, a heart supplement, and a probiotic. Anything you need, visit Prevenex.com. Use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, 2-0 until Thursday. And then the regular Black Friday coupon will happen through Sunday, November 28th to get 20% off your order. So that's Prevenex.com. Use the code Lindsay20 and that'll get you 20% off your order through this Thursday. So this episode is airing November 23rd and that coupon Lindsay20 will be good until the 25th, which is Thanksgiving. So get on it now. If you do miss that window, there'll be another 20% off happening. Um, that the code will be BF2021. That'll start on Thursday and run through Sunday the 28th. Cool. Friends, I hope you enjoy those products. Thank you, Prevenex, for supporting the show. And uh, feel good. Check out Prevenex and it'll help you feel good. I promise. Cool. All right. Back to the show. Okay. So what tips do you have for fewer arguments and more intimacy? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think this came up earlier, but I'm a huge fan and teacher of proactive conversations, not reactive conversations. Um, Which is a tip for talking to your kids, too, oh by the gosh. way. Everything. You can't, you can't anticipate everything, obviously. But there are a lot of things that you can anticipate, you know, are coming. Uh, and you can just have some talk about it before it's emotionally driven. And if it's emotionally driven and it can be tabled, then table the conversation. I, I think it's really important, uh, especially in the most chaotic seasons, to have a kind of a family meeting. So I like to encourage couples to think about having a business relationship. Uh, you are coworkers and you are on project management together and your project is this baby or child or, you know, the family, your home and keeping that structured. And in order to get to some more connected, intimate, you know, really fun spaces in your relationship, you've got to have this business foundation in place. So maybe, you know, we find it super helpful to be Sunday nights. We're looking at our calendar. We're looking at what are the top priorities. We're looking at who needs to be where, what decisions have to be made, what do we need to do in place so that we have more opportunity to talk about it when it's in a kind of logical, intentional team problem solving space and not that um, reaction space. And the other side of that for me is knowing your communication goals and communication styles. So I always give this example. Um, I am an external processor and my husband is an internal processor. So what we found was that I will say a hundred things and then I'll say, well, these are the five things I actually meant. <laughs> and he is like, silence. Same. Let me go think about this and then I'll come back and tell you what I mean. Well, that was okay before kids most of the time because we weren't making decisions for other people's livelihood and well-being. But as parents, that wasn't always working as well. So what we had to realize, first of all, I had to say, disclaimer, like, I'm getting this off my chest. Do not take this personally. You don't even have to listen to me right now. Like, put your headphones <laughs> in. Let me get it out and then distill it because I don't want you to take something to heart that is not even what I'm trying to communicate. But also, sometimes these conversations have to happen. Like, I can't, I can't have you walk away and say, I need to go think about this for five days or five hours or whatever, because then what I'm going to do is stress and try to figure it out on my own and try to predict and have the conversation in my head and just try to keep it going, keep it in motion. So understanding, again, proactive conversation, here are some things we're anticipating. If you need space to think about it, maybe we share a, a text chain or an email or a Google Doc. We get our thoughts out and we have a time to talk about it, but also what I needed was for him to say, okay, I need space to think about this. Here's the time we're coming back to talk about it so I could let it go. So I think there's so much that is, we, we think about the world so differently, right? We, we said this, we have different, every human has a different narrative in their life, in their mind. So it's really strange to think about like being partnered with another human whose entire world narrative is different than ours. They think different thoughts. They see things differently. So we have to respect that and also continue to figure out how we're going to communicate as a team and, and bring those strengths to the table and be able to honor each other's differences, which I say that's it's hella hard. And it can come from just simply improving each conversation, each each time you get to understand more about each other and how you operate as a team. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why like the Enneagram and, you know, knowing mm -hmm. each other's love languages and all that is so helpful because yeah, I mean, my husband just doesn't receive things the way I receive them. Th things that are important to me aren't necessarily important to him. Mm -hmm. And those are obvious things, but like if you really understand that about your partner, it's mm -hmm. going to be really helpful. What's mm -hmm. the most common reason people come to you for your services in the WTF trimester program? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So probably not feeling seen and understood by their significant other, just misunderstood, not, not seen, which when we, when we peel this back, uh, a lot of that comes back to not even 
not knowing how you've changed, not knowing yeah. how to even make make sense and find confidence in yourself. And oftentimes your partner's going through maybe a similar situation, maybe on a different scale. But when you have two people not understanding the gravity of change that has happened, then we have a lot of conflict. Okay. So, you know, one of the things we talked about was like the different phases postpartum, you know, like if you're freshly postpartum and you just had your baby six weeks ago, you just got the approval, the go ahead. Well, first of all, I want to talk about that for a second. You come home from your six week checkup and you're spouse is like all right let's or your significant other's like all right let's go and you're like oh man I feel like you come home with this pressure that you have to Mm. right oh yeah oh yeah it's definitely this weird normalized narrative that I think is super icky I think it's super dismissive of who we are and what we've just gone through yeah you feel like you come home and literally that night you're gonna have to and Mm -hmm. like everybody heals differently but I think that what Mm -hmm. I'm getting from this conversation more than anything right now is like have that conversation Mm -hmm. with your spouse significant other I keep saying spouse like everybody's married (laughs) with your significant other before you go to the doctor hey just so you know even if they say everything looks okay I don't know that I am emotionally okay buddy yes yes and and that goes back to how often it is dismissed that sex for us specifically for for many women is emotional mental and then physical and that that checkbox is like this societal joke or societal you know marker or indicator and it's so important to have that conversation. I mean, when I work with couples before they have their baby, this is one of the first things I say mm-hmm. when I have the couple together. Like, buddy, I see you and you're not going to be one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think the other thing is recognizing, like you said earlier, like the different seasons that we're in. And so, you know, like maybe you're not freshly postpartum. Maybe your youngest kid is four, but like you're going through some health stuff or like you're extra extra stressed because of x y and z Mm -hmm. like talking about that before it's been like Mm -hmm. two weeks or three weeks and they're Mm -hmm. like what's going on here I think is Mm -hmm. super important yeah I would agree um okay so we where where do people find you first of all if people are like I need to learn more I need to talk (laughs) to someone about this I feel very alone in this part of my life where do people connect with you to learn more Yeah. Well, I hang out on Instagram probably more than any other social platform at the WTF trimester, Um, but also at the WTF trimester.com. It just takes you to a page that has some of our freshest blog posts that talk about things like this, um, how it has a couple of offers that help you to navigate things like body image or conversations to have with your partner about sex after baby and just some ways to get that conversation going. And of course you can always email me or um, book a a chat just from that page too. So that's the WTF trimester.com. One of the things that I saw on your Instagram that I loved was talking about questions to ask one another so that you can both feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. You know, so many times I'm like, I feel like I you know, Fridays, for example, a lot of times I don't book interviews on Fridays and I spend a lot of time cleaning the house so that like I can just feel cozy and happy in my home over the weekend. <laughs> Let's debunk the myth that like just let the dishes pile up and enjoy the moment. Well, a lot yeah. of us can't enjoy the moment if the house is dirty, sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know if you are uh, anxiety lent or tending or, you know, like to have control, but I was the same way. That is a really great sentiment. And also, if I'm surrounded by clutter, no way in hell I'm going to relax and, you know, live, laugh, love. Not happening. Yes, exactly. It's like the worst. But anyway, on Fridays, I, you know, I usually clean a lot and I like get the house ready. I don't do much work. And by the end of the day, though, once the kids are home from school and everything, I just feel like, has anybody seen all of this work that I've done? And honestly, like the simplest, like, oh my gosh, the house is so clean. The kitchen looks so great. Makes me feel like a million bucks. Like it just makes me feel like, okay, he saw my sweat, blood and tears scrubbing those toilets. And so, yeah, I think that like, I need to do the same though. And I don't think I do that very well. Like I need to do the same when he's like, 
gone with the kids for hours or something like that. I need to like really talk about how that's been super helpful. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that we, we often think these things and we are not so prone to say them or to send a text message or whatever it is. So that is just the reminder of like, if I think it, let me say it out loud. If I, and this goes to our spouses, but this also goes to like a friend that we see did something really great or got a promotion or whatever it is. Like if we think it, let's maybe get in the habit of saying it or sending a text message or just getting that out there. I think that's a powerful energy for the whole world in general. I just saw someone on uh, Instagram post something that said like, whoever said like, it's the thought that counts. What were they thinking? It's not the Uh thought that counts. It's the action that counts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm so guilty of that. Like how many times have I been like, oh, they just had a baby. I'm going to bring them a meal or do this. And I've like, I've thought of all the things Uh I'm going to do, but I Uh haven't done. Uh huh. Well, and I think another cool aspect of that especially in our our marriage or relationship is that we get to teach people how to love us and that's something we're not often empowered to do and if we've been in a relationship for years before baby for example we might think like well they should know or we should know or we should just already be in this but we're we're changed people and so it's the reminder here is that it's okay to say to your spouse or your partner this is how I really feel appreciated. This is how I really feel loved. I need you to do more of X, Y, and Z. And that's not weak or, or needy. That's literally just teaching people how to love us well and empower us as a family um, and as a community. That's so good. Okay. What we're wrapping up with end of podcast questions now. See how you do on these unprepared. All right. right. (laughs) What's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done? Um, start a podcast. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I would love to add that to the ways that I'm connecting and do some kind of hot seat coaching live on podcasts. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Um, what is, this is a fun one, especially since you are traveling around in an RV with your kids, but what is a destination or vacation or trip or activity that you've done with your family that you would recommend? Mm. Um, well, we love boondocking, which for anyone who doesn't know is like not camping at a campground or an RV resort. So there is land uh, owned by the Bureau of Land Management called BLM Land, and you can stay on it for free, usually up to 14 days. Uh, there was a location in Sedona and one in Flagstaff that were just so breathtaking and to be kind of stripped of just everything and be out in nature, whether it's for a day or a weekend or whatnot, I totally recommend doing that and kind of getting out and experiencing that way of camping. Okay. How do we find these places? (laughs) Yeah. If you look up um, BLM land, Bureau of Land Management, it's super cool. There's a lot more The Midwest does not have very much. I will tell you that from Ohio. (laughs) And there's like two spots. There's also, I don't know if you want me to go into this much detail, but there are two apps that are super helpful. Okay. One is called iOverlander. Okay. The other is called Free Roam. And you can pull up maps where people have said like, this is where we stayed. We stayed in a tent or a 40 foot trailer. This is what it was like. We had Wi-Fi or we didn't have cell service. So you can get a lot of really cool ways to see uh, more tucked away spaces. I love that because sometimes you go to a campground and you're like, oh my gosh, my neighbors are noisy. This isn't what I was envisioning when I thought of like camping and being outdoors in the quiet. Yes, definitely. So when it's just like you and the stars or you get to go out with your kids and hear the actual sounds of nature. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. We went camping one time and our neighbors were blaring pirates of the Caribbean until like (laughs) one in the morning. And I was like, what is happening? Put some (laughs) headphones on. (laughs) This is not what I signed up for. Yeah. Um, okay. What is the best, most recent book you've read? Oh, okay. Um, one book that really changed my life this year is called Existential Kink by Caroline Elliott. And the title sounds kind of weird and it is kind of weird, 
but it's very much about shadow work and like how we get addicted to patterns and cycles and mindsets that maybe we don't like, but they keep us comfortable and they serve us in some way. Uh, that was super, it just helped me to realize things that I kept leaning towards, even though I wanted to grow out of them. Uh, the whole concept of shadow work is not my expertise, but it's extremely fascinating. Okay. And then what about a kid's book? Do you have a kid's book that you recommend from your childhood or that your kids love? There, there's one that we love to read and it's called, I like myself. So it's, um, not a board book, but it's, it's a kid's book. Like my kids are three and five. It's super appropriate for them. Um, and it's just this girl like doing silly things and talking about liking herself, even though this is different or that is different. Uh, it's really cute the way it's written and some really creative art in it. So that's one that we read very, very often at bedtime. Okay. And then what is your last message to leave with our audience today? Mm, okay. So I'm not a big fan of just the term self-care by itself. Um, but the, the message that I would love to convey is that you cannot dismiss yourself and show up fully for your kids. So your kids deserve a full mom and you get to decide what that means for you to live fully, to have, you know, some vibrancy in your life and to not completely lose yourself and feel like a martyr to motherhood. I think it's really good for our kids to see women, especially moms living super fully. So the invitation is to see that as a gift to your kids and not taking away from them. Go do something for yourself today. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. we're saying. <laughs> yes. yes. Something that makes you feel alive. I love it. Um, Chelsea, thank you so much. Yeah, it was great to talk with you, Lindsay. All right, friends. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Chelsea, for coming on the show. You all can learn more about Chelsea when you go to the WTF trimester on Instagram. You can find me personally on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. You can find this podcast on Instagram. We are Why Is Everyone Yelling? And we also have a great Facebook group. We'd love to have you join us over there. It's called Why Is Everyone Yelling? This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network. Check us out, sandyboyproductions.com, Sandy Boy Productions on Instagram. Friends, thank you for being here. I hope you have a great week, a great Thanksgiving. Yay, we're heading right into the holidays. I appreciate you so much for giving this podcast a chance. And we will see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?